three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. And now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua. Welcome to the podcast, Mrs. Pam. Thank you so much, Asher. I'm happy to be here with you. Yeah. So, Kat, you were just saying you're getting ready to move? Yes, I'm, I'm going to start looking. I had to make a decision on whether I wanted to stay in Georgia or actually leave mm-hmm. Georgia. Uh, my mom is getting older. She's in Florida. So, I was trying to kind of torn between the two, but I think I'm going to probably stay in Georgia and just mm-hmm. go to the outskirts of Atlanta. <laughs> Got you. So not not all the way leaving Georgia, just getting out of like main downtown Atlanta. I think so. It depends on what I can find that I that I like, but that's what I'm kind of thinking is staying because my um, my sons are here as well, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be too far away from them. Well, one of them's going to be here. He's in his senior year of college, so he'll be coming back this way as well. So I want to be kind of in between where the rest of my family is and where they are, and you know, yeah make life easy for myself without the traffic of Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I was just talking with um, um, a friend of mine, Lisa Coleman. I met her through Toastmasters yesterday. And she also, I think her daughter just graduated from college. And I was thinking, I was like, man, I remember she was just going into college when we first met. And I think the same with your son. I was like, man, everyone's just growing up before our eyes. Very fast. Yes. Chris graduated in May. So he got finished mm-hmm. in May and then Caleb will come out in in uh, next year, 2022. So it went yeah. fast for me. It didn't go yeah. fast for them, I'm sure, but it went fast for me. <laughs> just I'm knocking them out back out. to back. Yes, yes, yes. That's awesome. So what what's the what's 2021 been like for you? Oh gosh, it's been so good. It's been really amazing. I know a lot of people had trials, but I think I kind of went through my trials earlier on. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Over the past decade, I had my challenges. And so as I see a lot of other people go through their stuff, it feels like I was set up to be able to assist with that because this year has been just a really good year for me. I, I mean, I've enjoyed it. Um, I've been able to play more, um, connect more, reestablish some things that I actually want to do and enjoy doing, you know, make some clear decisions. Um, I've been working on my undeveloped strengths. You know, that's what I call my weaknesses, my undeveloped strengths. <laughs> so I've been focused on uh, just clearing some of those quote unquote weaknesses and making them a, a superpower. So <laughs> that's been working out pretty well also. So I, I love this year. This year has been amazing. I'm, I'm going to be sad to see it go, but I'm also looking forward to 2022 because I'm sure it's going to have some twists and turns for us as well. But I feel like I'm, I'm ready for what it has to offer. That's awesome. What, I guess what, what's something you gained from 2021? Something I gained. Um, I gained more of me um, in that because of some of the challenges that I had gone through over the past few few years, there were some things that I had forgotten about. Uh, you know, sometimes when you when you meet with obstacles, it kind of redirects you or or 
makes you want to not address certain things. But I feel like this year, not only was I able to remember more of me, remember what was, but I'm also more now because I have met those challenges. I've exceeded my own expectations in them. And I just feel like I'm a broader version of myself now. So I'm really pleased with who I am in 2021. That's awesome. And it's funny because every, so at the beginning of each year, I choose a word that's going to be my guiding principle for the year right? Or a word chooses me that one may come to me and I'm like, okay, this is the word for this year. And so for 2021, it was kind of weird because it was the first time there's ever been two words. And I didn't really understand why there were two, but one of them was family. And the interesting thing is I've been in this process with this ancestry.com. Oh my goodness. It's been so, so amazing and wonderful because we've been able to find family members who uh, we maybe didn't know about or um, have them find us. Like there were some people who were adopted and didn't know who their family was. And so I've been able to assist with that because they showed up in our line. And so now I have a better understanding of why family was one of my words at the beginning of the year. I had no idea because my father actually passed in December of 2022, of 2020. And so for that word to come to me for January, it was kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. Why is this happening? And so now as I'm at the end of the year, I'm realizing just how important um, having that word was and what the true meaning of it was. And I, it, like I said, it's exceeded my expectations. I had no idea that the things that have happened related to my family would happen, but it's been great. That's awesome. I, it's interesting how those things come up. You ask a question and at times it, the answer you get back isn't necessarily what you're expecting, but it, it, it always turns out to be a pleasant surprise. Yes. Yes. Sometimes I, (laughs) over um, the past 10 years, I almost had gotten afraid, become afraid to ask a question (laughs) because sometimes um, with the type of questions that I ask, like I'm really into like my personal development and spiritual development. And sometimes when you ask the question, you don't get a direct answer. You might get an experience so that you can navigate your own way through to realizing the answer. And so I had gotten to where I was like, oh God, I don't even know if I want to ask this because that means I might have to go through learning the answer or discovering the answer. But um, I still ask. I got voted most inquisitive in college. I can't help but ask. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. I, I didn't know they they had those, those challenges in, in college because that's like a next level where it you get that that recognition or that type of praise. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I was the one in class that every time I went to raise my hand, my classmates would go, oh, here she goes. <laughs> but the interesting thing was they would always learn something because a lot of times people are afraid to ask a question because they don't want to look stupid. But my philosophy is I'm going to ask the question because I may look stupid for that one time that I asked the question but I won't continue to be stupid or ignorant because now I'll have the answer. Whereas other people may go through their life and they just 
are willing to stay in that ignorance because they're afraid to ask the question. I'm like, okay, so I'll look stupid one time, but that'll be the last time because now I'll know. And I can, I'll know it not just for me, but anyone else that I come in contact with, I can help them as well. I love that saying. I, I love that, that thought because it's like better that I look stupid one time than be stupid or ignorant for the rest of my life. Absolutely. One question I I love to ask every guest is, who do you say you are? Who do I say I am? I say that I am an an individualized manifestation of the divine. So I feel like each of us is a uh, representation of God here. It's how we experience God is through each other. And we all have, like at our core, we're all the same. We all have that essence and that spirit of God, um, but there's the stuff that we come with, you know, our traits and characteristics and the thoughts that we choose and create, and that's what individualizes us. So I am an individualized manifestation of God, and that's why um, my greeting to people when I see them is namaste which means um, the divine in me bows to the divine in you. So it's that recognition of who I am, but also honoring who you are in the process, because I think that each of us is that individualized manifestation of God. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, that one, for as long as I've known you, that's you through and through. And oh, thank you. It, it's, I think it's, that's thank you. <laughs> yeah, the I'm just trying to just let that sit for a minute because, like, it, for for as long as I've known you, you've been the person that's holistic in everything that you do. Whether it was in it's been in your practice, whether it's in the way that you carry yourself, whether it's in what you want to learn and what you seek out. So I'm I'm curious, like, how did you, how did you become the person that you are today? Like, how did you get started on the holistic journey? Um, trial and error. I think that it's always been a part of me, like, uh, for better or for worse, I was born this way type of thing. Um, <laughs> Cause I remember just things, you know, when I was younger, when I was a little girl, there was desires that I had and things that I wanted to do, but I've always had that desire to live more holistically and I'm a learner by nature. Like actually I took a strength finders test and one of my traits, my, one of my highest traits was learner, (laughs) like literally. So I love to learn. I ask a lot of questions, like I told you, and I just, because I'm into connection, because that's one of my other ones is relations. I'm into connections and seeing how things work. And I pay attention to patterns and just, I like discovering and realizing things. And so all of that comes together for me holistically, because I don't believe that you can have, like, for instance, a lot of people are having mental health challenges, right? And they think that, you know, it's stress from the job or whatever, but there's other factors that go along with that. They may not even realize just the health of their colon, for instance, is going to affect their mental health. They may think, okay, that's a whole different end of the body or how is that even possible? But those that something like that can impact your mental health. Also, um, they may not realize that 
you hold emotions in your body. Like there's specific areas of your body where different emotions are. And so your emotions affect your mental health as, I mean, your, um, your emotions affect your physical health as well. Uh, the relationships that we have, you know, the, the environments that we're in, there's something called um, epigenetics, for instance. And that's basically saying that the environment and the things that, that we have access to externally impact us internally. And so they actually have proof. They have scientific proof of the impact that your environment has on you genetically and not just you, but generationally your, your environment can impact you. So I don't, I, for me, I don't have a way to separate one from one thing from the other because it all goes together. So I I really, I don't even know how to address it separately. (laughs) I don't want to either. So, so I guess with that, you, um, I would guess that obviously you're very mindful about what you take in, whether it's like physical food, the, the places you find yourself, what you listen to on social media or what you tune into like on a daily basis. I'm a snob when it comes to my vibration. Like, because I have, that's another thing that I really got in 2021. Like I had a, the concept of it for years, but I didn't really understand it um, practically, like conceptually I got it, but I didn't know how to really work with it from a practical standpoint and, and watching the manifestations in my life and stuff. And now that I understand how vibration works and how important it is and how things, how you allow things to impact you based on what you're focused on, um, the conversations that you have, what's going in your ear, how you program yourself. So for instance, I have clients who tell me they sleep with the TV on and I'm like, no, don't do that. You know, because then you have, there's no filter, you know, at least if you're watching TV, your conscious mind can filter what's going into your subconscious and kind of make, you know, decisions about it and everything. But if you're sleeping with it on, then there's no block, there's no filter and everything just goes in and you're getting programmed without, having any say so in your programming. And so even with songs, like it can have a good beat, but just because it has a good beat doesn't mean I'm going to listen to it because if the lyrics don't match my uh, values or what I'm wanting to create at that time or manifest at that time or how I want to feel or what I want to attract, I can't, I just don't listen to it. I might get the instrumental version, but <laughs> but even with that certain. I'm kind of a snob about my, <laughs> about my frequency. Gotcha. And I think, I don't know if I, I might've picked this up from you, but just the understanding frequency, I guess sometimes it, it, it would go over my head from time to time when I would think about what it means to be like in tune with like you, like you just stated, like what you listen to that affects like your mood, your temperament, your, your behavior, like the, those, the emotions that you keep in start to affect your body physically. And it's like, unless that's brought to your attention, you might just sweep it under the rug, ignore it, like go from one distraction to another distraction. And it makes it almost feel like, uh, I mean, it's, it's just the thing everybody does. Like you wake up, you grab your cup of coffee, you get in the car, you drive here, 
you chat up this person, chat up that person, you sit down, you do what you got to do, then you move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it's like, unless you ever take even just one minute to like catch your breath or like enjoy yourself breathing in and breathing out, it's like, wow, like (laughs) time just flies by and it's like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat every single day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is, um, you mentioned something about how those things affect your emotions and your thoughts, but it's even more than that. It's your place of power is recognizing what you're it attracted to. Like you can you can get a gauge on where you are vibrationally by what you're choosing to listen to, and who's coming into your. Um, presence and what type of things are happening in your life. So not just a matter of, okay, I'm going to stop these things from coming into me because that's, that's one level, but even on a, a greater level and from a higher place of power is recognizing that these things are indications of where you are. And if you can pay attention to those things, like you said, not going through the whole day without checking in with yourself, but if you check in with yourself Um, to see, okay, well, how do I feel right now? What am I thinking about? What types of experiences have I had uh, thus far? And if, if, for instance, you were to choose a song, like what song would I want right now? And just by looking at what that thing is, it'll kind of give you an idea of where you are and -hmm. you can change it, right? You can shift it and you can decide to just think higher thoughts or to choose a different emotion because we literally can choose to be sad or we can choose to not be you know people say i want to be happy okay but are you choosing thoughts and situations that allow for that to happen and they think that you know okay well this thing happened i'm supposed to you know grieve or i'm supposed to be sad and yes you can it's okay to feel those emotions but it's how long you allow yourself to be stuck there that impacts you and it's just a matter of a few tweaks and choices to move beyond that. And so, um, yeah, as we, that's that power of now that you hear people talk about. Mm-hmm. But if you don't really understand what that means, there's no power in now for you. Right. So that's why it's really important to me to check in with myself during the day. Like I just notice what's happening and, and what choices am I making? And that mm-hmm. lets me know where I am vibrationally. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a snob with that. So <laughs> I'm always seeking to make sure that I'm in a good place because the way I show up is going, the way I show up, and I like to elicit in the best part of me when I, when I meet them. Okay. Are we there? I think my my internet might have slowed up. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. I didn't know all of a sudden it started to to creep up, but just getting used to this new spot, the um the internet's kind of in and out, but speaking yeah, on Yeah, I can see that it looks like there might be a delay for you. I'm okay. noticing a little delay for you. Got you. But it is is interesting when you you speak on the energy that you attract and kind of like the thoughts that you allow. I've um, just, it's fu- like the better part of this year I spent working, um, I guess you could say in retail at Home Depot. And I was seeing like 
in doing that work of taking stock of where I am mentally, like what I'm allowing in, like, am I judging myself in comparison to other people? Or am I thinking that I'm being judged by the way I'm being perceived? It kind of allowed me at different times to look at things differently. And even thinking back to like music, I would, I would hear one guy's playlist and I was like, man, that's, those sound like all the songs that I would hear listening, going through high school. And it's like a lot of it was like hard rock. And there's some of it I, I can appreciate, but when I would sit down and actually listen to the music or li- like read the lyrics back and I would just be like, there's a lot of, a lot of pain, a lot of angst and like to be able to go from that to listen more to the smooth jazz and just even you listen to hip hop, but then you listen to something that's more conscious or something that just puts you in a place of rest and where you're not constantly agitated. I'm like, there's been, there's something to be said for the phrase where they say it's better to be a warrior in a garden than to be a gardener in a war. And like, just trying to make sense of that. Sometimes it's like people may perceive you as being nice, as being like, oh, like this is someone that you can just pick on. They're weak. You're not, you're not raging out. And it's like, no, you're, you're better off not raging out. You're better off being unassuming, being calm, because if you're always kind of on the outs, it, it, it would probably put you at a disadvantage to just like you're pretty, you'd be maybe more predictable. That's what the conclusion that I'm, I'm seeing currently. And it's just understanding that whatever you're being perceived as isn't the end all be all. Like if someone thinks you're one thing or another, better that you have your peace and keep what you know about yourself to yourself without having everybody needing to know like, okay, I'm always on 10. I'm always here. And it's, for anyone that does that, like if it works for them, good. But just for myself, being able to ask those questions and be willing to know, okay, this this works or this doesn't work or th- this isn't necessary. I don't need to go do a hundred things today. I, I just need to have this conversation and maybe do something around the house and call it good and and just be happy with that or just be complete in a sense, in a way to speak. Yeah. I think it, I think it always depends on the why of it. Like what's, what's the, the reason for the doing. So for instance, you know, you mentioned, I don't have to do this hundred things. I can just do these two and be good, you know? And I think that it depends on why you're doing the hundred things and why you're doing the two things, you know, like sometimes people do the two things and they're still not resting because you can rest, you can look like you're resting in your body, but your mind might still be jacked up. You know what I mean? Like you can still be in a state of worry and you're just ruminating over things and, and you have that stress, whereas someone else could be out doing that hundred things, but they're all a hundred things that they love, that they enjoy. They could be a hundred things that they're doing to serve and, and make a, an impact positively on the world. You know what I mean? So it's not, I don't think it's so much the hundred versus the two. It's who you you're being with each one of those and the rationale, you know, like why you're doing this thing or that thing. And I think that that's what's important. You kind of uh, touched on it. uh, Just I think that something I gathered from what you said says that you're being more introspective. You know, you're being reflective 
and then making the decision to do those two things based on your reflection of, okay, I don't need to do all that. I can just do this. That's, that's that power that I was talking about. Like, I've got this urge. I got to go do, I got to go do. But sometimes people do that because they're trying to prove worthiness or show that they were doing something and being busy doesn't necessarily equate to accomplishment, you know? And so that's why once you do that introspection and you say, well, why am I doing this? Let me just do these two things over here that really need to be done and that are going to be a better impact on my life in this moment and not worrying about, like you said, the judgment um, and that self-talk, the negative self-talk that usually isn't our own voice anyway, it's something else. So for you to be as young as you are and have that realization, that's really, that's really powerful. Very cool. (laughs) Thank you. And I like that you made the distinction of knowing where you are and and the type of person that you are kind of balances your choices because it's not always you have to do this or that, but you can have this and that just based on what you yourself personally need. But yes, um, one thing I was curious, could you tell people what it is that you do so that they, they get a better sense of like where the wisdom comes from and how you, you kind of, who, who gets to, um, have the opportunity to have that on a regular basis? Okay. So my, my background is pharmacy. Like that's my original career. That's where the doctor, the doctor comes from is that I have a doctorate in pharmacy. So uh, I have a PharmD. Um, I practiced pharmacy for about 13 years or so. Um, I was like a chief pharmacist and I, I had to leave because it wasn't, it was sort of a conflict of interest because I got to the place where I was teaching people how to get off medication, like how to not use medication. If they come and ask me, can you show me where the stuff for, you know, for sleep is? And, and then I would ask them the series of questions first, like, okay, well, or they may ask for, I need more energy. Can you point me to the stuff that gives me more energy or whatever on the aisle? And I'd say, well, what'd you eat today? How much water did you drink? You know, how much sleep did you get? You know, I do the interview. And then by the time we talk, they realized they didn't need that stuff over there. They just needed to make some lifestyle changes. And that actually brought me a lot of joy. And once I was seeing so much success, like my last two years of pharmacy, I, I was actually an overnight pharmacist, which means that I went in at around 10 and then at night and didn't get off until eight. But during that time, I'd have people calling me like three in the morning, they're up and they haven't been asleep. They're not getting up at three. They're still up at three. And then they, they're telling me they've got to get up with the kids at six. And I'm like, why are you on the phone with me? It's at three in the morning and you need to be up at six. And they couldn't sleep. And I would say 90 some percent of them had colon issues. Right. <laughs> they they weren't using the bathroom consistently, maybe a few times a week, stuff like that. And so I really just started to pay attention to the connections of lifestyle and diet and all of those things with what was going on with people in their health. And I didn't feel comfortable anymore being there knowing that they're going to be on one medication this year and then next year they might be on three. And then in five years, maybe they've had a stroke or a heart attack because nothing was really getting addressed. It was just getting silenced. And so Uh, My employers, of course, were paying me to dispense medication, but I was teaching people to get off of it. So it was sort of a conflict of interest. And I just didn't feel good about doing it because I felt like I was trading someone else's 
well-being for my own, meaning I'm making really good money, but I'm also I ended up doing a fast. I fasted for purpose. It was the first fast I've ever done in my life. I fasted for purpose. And man, like within like a short few months, everything, my whole life had changed. Like I had gone vegetarian. I had locked my hair. Um, I had had my first colonic. And I mean, it was like all of this stuff just started happening. And I ended up becoming, I decided I was going to leave. Uh, pharmacy. I became a certified colon hydrotherapist. I got certified in iridology. I enrolled in a a, a um, program to become a naturopath. And I got my certificate in natural wellness. But unfortunately, the school that I had enrolled in, they, they ended up closing down and I had paid for my whole doctoral program. But um, I did get my coursework in herbalism and stuff like that before they shut down. So I've done a lot of, um, I'm also a Reiki master. So um, that's, a, that's a practice. It's like an energy healing type of practice, which I love, love, love. Um, and I got into essential oils. So I do aroma touch technique, which is like a hands-on therapy that you do where you apply essential oils, specific oils to a person. And it's very relaxing, but it also has therapeutic benefit. And um, so now currently where I am is I practice holistically. Uh, I see people, I help to coach them on lifestyle changes. So not specifically like, okay, I have diabetes. What can I do about it? Not that, because that's not, actually, that's not even legal. That would be practicing medicine without a license. So it's not so much, okay, I have diabetes. How do I get rid of it? It's more how do I change my lifestyle, whether that's the foods I'm eating, the exercise that I'm getting, the thoughts that I'm choosing, um, the rest, like my sleep pattern, all of those things. How can I get all of those things in alignment so that I'm no longer out of balance? Because basically any disease or illness that you're manifesting is a result of being out of balance in some way. So I don't have to target your your actual disease, right, in order to help you. Because when you make the proper lifestyle changes, a lot of the things that you have are going to fix. You know, if your kidneys were jacked up, you had diabetes, you have high blood pressure, when you get your lifestyle in balance, then those things are naturally going to fall away. Like literally, I've had people come off um, high blood pressure medication within three weeks, and we didn't even target get blood pressure. That wasn't even what we were working with. It was just a matter of making sure that you have the proper nutrition. Are you supplementing the things that you're not getting in your diet? Um, are you pooping properly? And are you exercising or whatever? Are you hydrated? You know, stuff like that. And within three, four weeks, they're off their medication, not because they chose to just stop taking it, but because they go in, they see their doctor and the doctor's like, oh, your blood pressure is really low. We, we got to stop your medication for a while because your blood pressure is lower. You know, so just it's very rewarding because um, instead of like when I was a pharmacist, you get give the person a prescription and it might, you know, it's helping them, but there's no power for them in that. They just went to the doctor, they paid someone to give them a prescription and then paid someone else to dispense it and then they take it or not. Whereas with what I do now, I teach people how to 
control their own actions and their own thoughts and their own emotions so that they can then make it work for themselves. But that's also generational wealth. You know, a lot of times we think generational wealth is just money or what property you left your family, but there's also generational wealth related to your health. And once you know how to do certain things, that's that's behaviors and information and knowledge that you can pass down to your descendants and spread out to your community. And so I really enjoy that part of it now. So I do a lot of, I'm doing training. So I train and certify uh, Reiki practitioners. So I teach people how to do that. Uh, I do coaching, like one-on-one coaching for uh, soulmate manifestation, for just lifestyle uh, changes. I call them like wellness muse consultations or personal development or even spiritual development um, consultations. I facilitate workshops, uh, either in person or virtually. A lot of it now is virtual because I have people that want me to work with their family members who are in a different state. So um, just virtual workshops to help people get their baseline in order, because some people don't, they don't have the basics in order. And that's the problem. They don't have the, there's very basic things that you need to be healthy and they don't have those things in order. So sometimes it's just a matter of that. But other times it may be something that they want to know preventatively, like your immune system, for instance, like what do we need to do to help fortify that? So it's more on the educate. I'm more doing the educational and training piece now and the coaching than I am the, um, the actual services. The only real service I can say I do now is still the Reiki. I think I'll always do that. Have, have you had more people reaching out to you within the past year, given everything that's been going on and just people either being in a frenzy, a panic, or just wanting to actually pay attention to their health? Uh, I don't, I, yes, I've had a lot. I don't know. I'm trying to think if I would say it's more than before. I think it's, I think what they're asking for is different. Mm-hmm. So before, before it was more asking for services, which I yeah. still get calls for that, even though it's nowhere on my website. Like I don't offer <laughs> colonics. I don't do colonics anymore. I don't offer iridology as a, as a service, but people still will call and ask me for certain things. But I think their asking is changing. So now they're asking more for the coaching. Like, how do I take care of XYZ. And so one of the programs that I've been working on putting together is like a home, a home wellness space type of thing where they learn how to use the devices that I used in my practice. Like I did the um, ear candling and detox foot bath and stuff like that as services, um, body wraps, things like that. So now I'm teaching people how to do those things so that they can do it at home and help their own families and how to set up their space so that even if you get, you know, stuck at home, like we did in 2020, way to help yourself and your family, whether you can leave the house or not. Gotcha. That's cool. It's, <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I was thinking back and I was like, this might take a little bit of a pivot, but going back to what you were saying earlier about asking yourself the questions whether it's being introspective or like at the start of the year, end of the year, or just throughout. And I remember back to when we first met and how you were able to help me. And I guess in the moment, I didn't really enjoy it because it's like, 
sometimes you just <laughs> like whenever um if you if you get a massage or something or if you get someone treating you they usually know how to find those points that are like the sore points and they just like put a finger in it or other times they'll just like put their elbow back in it and just be like let me i just got to work this out you'll feel so much better <laughs> for it afterwards and for me initially i was like oh i want to take this this engineering test and this and you and um uh Mr. Shaw were listening to me and you're like, yeah, that's cute. But yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think that's your, your BHAG, your big audacious hairy goal. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, we just met, you don't know me. It's like, that, that's my goal. But then when I said, okay, my goal is to be able to better communicate with my family. It was like, it's that, that weight that I just been kind of sitting on my back and, to your point about it's not necessarily what you're going to do, but like the experience that you're going to have over that period of time and thinking it's been just about five years or right around that time since then and seeing how I struggled to, (laughs) I struggled so much. So to like make it happen in my way, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn the love languages. I'm going to take the assessments. I'm going to figure out how to better communicate i'm gonna send it out to everybody and make make it to where everyone can kind of talk to each other but then within like the last two years or mainly this year just taking the time to have the conversation and the dialogue with myself like asking myself the hard questions dealing with my ego and really understanding the things that i can and can't control like that experience has made the communication piece a lot stronger without any of my doing and just just for that i know it was kind of a pivot but i think it ties into what you do and being able to help people just even through conversation and being able to ask the appropriate question and thinking about it now, it's like the answer doesn't necessarily just like, aha, ta-da, it just falls into your lap. But like over time, going through what you need to go through and being able to appreciate what's being asked of you and being willing to step up to that and not shy away and just say, okay, no, I want to do things my own way. Leave me alone. Don't don't go in my drawer, in my dresser drawer. Don't be looking in my closet. Don't be going in here being like, oh, I'm trying to help. It's like, no, 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 no. Like I, I, I want to keep this pain. Like pain yes. feels good. Like this, this yes. is what I'm used to, but being able to get over that and really like be on this side of things, it, it's a lot sweeter. So for that, I, I got to say, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. And look, you, <laughs> there's so much of what you, there's so much in what you just said, that whole thing that you just expressed. Um, one of the things that I tell people is I help them to face their stuff. And so in that, what ends up happening is people either really love me or they really hate me. But the people who hate me the most are the people who end up loving me the most. They're like my fans at the end, because the thing is, I don't let people, I don't give them wiggle room to give me excuses and say, oh, well, it's this, it's that. And I usually try to warn people like, look, I'm very direct and we're going to do the work, you know, so if you're not ready to do the work, I'm not your person because I'm not the coddler, but you're going to be stronger 
and the end, and you're going to feel empowered. Because I look at you, Asher, and I remember a part, one of the things that was an issue for you was just speaking. Because your tone, you were like, oh, it's, you know, it's kind of monotonous. And I'm like, then I look and I'm like, dude, it has a podcast. The person who had trouble with talking and just feeling comfortable in his, in, in his projection and all of that, and you chose a podcast, that is power. That's what I'm exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I listen to you and I can, I can hear your growth. I see your confidence. I'm, I'm very proud of you. I have to say that. I'm super duper proud of you because I know the transition that you've made to be here right now. And it is, it is amazing. And to think that I had any inkling, like small contribution to that is it makes me proud because it's like, that's what I love to do for people is ask those difficult questions because sometimes, like you said, like for me, I would rather if I've got a little critter hanging in my nose, I want to be around somebody that's going to tell me, look, you might need to go to the bathroom and check that piece out or something. You know what I mean? Rather than get home and know I was with five people all day long and nobody said anything. Mm -hmm. And so I ask the difficult questions and I ask the question because it's easier for the person to receive it if they discover it for themselves than for me to just give you the answer and say, well, you know, you could just do blah, 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 which is something I had to grow to because I used to just give people the answer. Mm -hmm. But folks don't, there's no power in that for them. And now it's just kind of like, okay, let me ask this question. And then when you ask the question, then they can get to it. And I think it's in the, um, I think it might be Confucius. It's either in the Tao Te Ching or Confucius mentioned that the best, if the best teachers teach and the student feels like they did it on their own. Like the student says, oh, you didn't even help me. I did it myself. That's when you're a good teacher because they don't even realize they were helped. And so that was, you know, that's the goal, sort of. I don't want to be all the way over there because then it's like they nobody ever thinks I did anything. But because <laughs> I do this for a living, they need to think I did something <laughs> right. But, <laughs> right. but the goal is that at least, you know, someone gets to their own thing and, and they feel they can tell a difference at the end. And mm. even if it sometimes it takes them a little time because the work that I do, I believe in simple. I believe in simple because if it's overcomplicated, it's not going to be done. Mm. That I remember that from pharmacy days, like co patient compliance is important. So if you can't do the things I'm asking you to do, then it's why ask? Because it's not going to happen. But if it's simple, a lot of people think, oh, it's, it's too simple. It can't work. And and I'm like, I promise you, if you just try this, it may be simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy because you've got to have a level of discipline to be able to do simple consistently. And that's where people mess up is that level of consistency and personal accountability. But if they can do that, then it's a wrap. Nothing is going to hang around that they don't want if they can manage to be consistent and have that level of um accountability and respond, personal responsibility. That's, that's the healing place. Personal responsibility, being able to face your stuff and then do something about it. It's that simple. Face your stuff and do something about it. <laughs> yeah, it's that easy. Yeah. It, it's funny because this year, it seems like I've, I've been doing a lot of facing your stuff and doing something about it because it, whether it's just going to work regularly and then um, being able to deal with 
confrontation or just just even if someone look, looks at you a certain way, just just being able to not not dwell on it, but like even asking the questions like, oh, okay, am I am I feeling offended right now? It's like, yeah, I'm feeling some type of way. It's like, do I need to do anything about it? No, not really. It no. But it's like, yeah, I I did feel something, but it's like it doesn't it doesn't warrant a response. Like I'm not in an environment where violence would be done to me or like as loud as somebody might get, like they're just being expressive. Like now I'm understanding, like, because for me growing up, it used to be like when someone would just raise their voice, the only way you could get another word in is like you raise your voice to match their level of aggression. And it's like, you're now in this tug of war going back and forth where it's like, oh, you could be called disrespectful where it's like, you feel like you're being yelled at. And it's like, oh no, no, no. Like, okay. It's either you're yelling or you're, you're, you're talking too softly. So it's like, we're, where do you bridge the gap and just being able to take those moments to even breathe and just to think, oh, hey, like, so long as I'm I'm aware of the situation I'm in, I can breathe and then speak clearly what I want to say without feeling like I'm not going to be heard or I'm being domineering. Or it's like, if they're struggling to hear, I can come up just a little bit and not not try to like rush and get everything out. Or even if like, they just say a whole bunch of stuff and walk away. It's like, Okay, maybe there's, I wasn't going to be hurt anyway. So I don't need to yell at him and be like, yeah, yeah, you, you and your mom and your sister and your, and this, you're that. Like your great. Well, see, and that goes back to earlier when we were talking about frequency, right? Mm-hmm. When you're, when your vibration is in a different place than someone else's, that causes communication challenges. Mm-hmm. So say you're in a really ha- happy and joyful mood and that other person is depressed. Mm-hmm. When you're in a higher, vibration, you're in a place where solutions are. Whereas if someone's in depression or they're feeling kind of down, they're in a place where the questions are and they're asking questions and they want help and they need help, but they can't hear you because they're too far away from where you are. So it looks like they're trying to ignore you or they're not listening, but they literally can't hear you. It's like you're calling that you're in the penthouse and they're on the second floor and you're yelling out the window and they can't hear you because it's too far away. So sometimes you have to have either someone in the middle that's like maybe they're not like, you know, super optimistic and all of that, but they're also not in that place. So they can help. That's like that mediator or whatever. Sometimes having someone in the middle to kind of convey the meaning, sometimes that helps, but also just knowing where that person is and seeing if you can at least get them to something that does feel good to them. So maybe the topic that you guys are discussing is the issue and that person has a negative um, emotion around it, or even for yourself, you may have a negative emotion around it. But if you can get that person to just come up a few, there's actually an emotional guidance system, a guidance scale that I use when I'm working with my clients. And if I know, if we get on the phone and they're either depressed or they're angry, I know they're not going to hear me and I'm going to be irritating to them. Anything I say that sounds too positive is going to be irritating. That's why a lot of people, when they meet me, they don't like me because they don't trust me because they say, oh, you smile too much or, you know, you're too, no one's that happy all the time, (laughs) right? So, but it's usually because of where they are um, in in themselves. So if I can bring them up a few notches, then it's easier for them to hear me and then we can work together. So sometimes, like I had this coaching client she has a friend who is in stage four cancer. And so she's in this, the, the client is in this place of 
being afraid of losing her friend that they've been friends for like 50 something years, right? Since elementary school or something. So she's, she's in that negative space because she's just outside. She's in fear and stuff like that over losing her friend. So I've, I already know that whatever work we do is going to be ineffective because she's not ready for that type of work, right? That she asked for. So the very first session that we did, I asked her how she was feeling about her friend because I know I've got to move all of that out of the way first before we can get to what she hired me for. She really wanted to know, hey, I've got this issue with my cholesterol. I need to lose weight. You know, she's got all this stuff that she wants to do, but she's not going to hear anything I tell her if she has this other thing in the way. So the first session I said, how are you feeling about your friend? And so we kind of worked through that, talked through that. And once she was able to get to a place of peace about it, And she has some strategies on how to max out her time that she does have with her friend. Now she's feeling more positive about, you know, she's not happy still about losing her friend, but now she's at least hopeful because she knows there's things she can do to max out that time. Now we can do the work that she actually hired me to do. And that's what I mean about practicing holistically. So it's not necessarily that people don't want to do something or that they're not trying to hear you. They just can't. They literally can't where they are right then. So like you said, you're, you were wise in saying, oh, the person's walking away. They said they, you know, what they wanted to say, and I could yell after them, but I don't think they'd hear me. You're absolutely right. They wouldn't. They could hear something, but it'll sound like that Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> that's what it's going to sound like to them. And so um, that's, I think that's sometimes what people don't realize about communication. It's It's not just, did that person hear your words, but could they receive your intentions when you sent whatever you sent to them? You know, are you guys on the same level of communication? Right. Really hope this helps somebody. But (laughs) because it's it's like there's so much power in that. And like, what, what would you say is one of the most effective things you found and first interacting with someone where whether it's just like locking eyes with them or greeting them for the first time or someone just kind of coming into your space randomly you've never met before okay so two things on that the first one is that's a funny question because actually i used to i used to run this uh, women's wellness support group um and so we would meet you know i think it was once a week or or every two weeks or something like that, right? And one of the challenges, I would always give them a challenge, you know, that they had to work on until we, like an assignment that they had to do until we met again, right? So one time I gave them the challenge of everyone that you meet, everyone that you, that you come in contact with, I want you to look them in their eyes and greet them. Don't just, hey, and keep going. I want you to actually look in, them, in their eyes, either smile at them or say hello or whatever, right? That was the challenge for those two weeks. And what came back was a couple of few of the women were like, oh, I couldn't. It was so uncomfortable because guys thought you were flirting with them and they wanted to talk to you. And then a few of them said, oh, that was amazing. Like, I've got I had the best conversations because once I said hello, people felt more comfortable and they would talk back. And then we would have these conversations. And so it was a really interesting outcome as far as that challenge was concerned. But I think the interesting thing was when they said, well, guys automatically thought you were flirting with them because you looked at them and smiled. And I think it's because in our society, we don't really look at people. We don't communicate well with them. I had this manager when I was still a pharmacist 
And what I learned from him, I try to learn something from everybody I meet, right? What I remember learning from him was to actually listen to someone's answer when you ask them how they're doing. So I would come in in the morning and I would say, good morning. And he said, hey, how you doing? And I'd say, oh, I'm good. And I, I, I would, he'd say, hey, how you doing? And I'd just say, hey, and keep going because we're passing each other, right? But then I realized he actually had stopped. And he was waiting to hear my response and to actually engage me in conversation to see how I was doing. He literally cared how I was doing. It wasn't just the passing phrase. And I really learned to pay attention to someone. When you say, hey, how are you? Don't make how are you a part of your hello. Make it an actual question and wait to see how they're doing because people need to know that someone cares. You can literally save a life by asking how you're doing and waiting to hear the answer. And that person receives it as, wow, somebody actually does care. That can save a life. So that's the, um, that was the important part of that eye contact thing, you know, or whatever. Um, and what was the other part of your question? You asked me about the eye contact. What was the second part of that? You, you asked something else with that that I wanted to catch i was i think that that was the main thing of the question i was just wondering like when you when you meet people on a regular basis whether it's someone you've known or someone random just like what's that one thing that kind of helps you to engage with them oh that was it that was okay so i also that was the second piece i wanted to address when we go back to that frequency vibration thing I'm also like, I like to check in with myself and see where I am vibrationally, right? So if I know I'm in a negative place, like maybe for whatever reason, I don't get mad very often. So it's probably going to be rare, but say, say for instance, I just talked to somebody and maybe we had an argument or something and I'm not in a really positive place. If I meet someone when I'm in that mode, it's probably not going to be the best interaction, right? And I'm probably not going to extract the best from them. Whereas if I know I'm flying high, like I'm in a really just great place. I just had, you know, this great session with somebody, or maybe I just came off a hike or maybe, you know, whatever. I just got really good news. And then I meet someone. I'm expecting that I have something for them or they have something for me just because I know how, you know, the universe works. And so when I'm going through my day-to-day, even with my decision-making, I check in and see, well, you know, am I in a good place or am I in a not so, you know, I'm in a kind of blah place and I act accordingly or don't act. If I'm not in a, and if I'm in a negative place, I'm not going to take action because that's not going to work out well. Whatever I do in that moment is not going to work out well. So I'm going to work my way back through either, by playing my playlist. I have my soundtrack, my playlist that I like. Um, I might go meditate, do some deep breathing. I might go for a jog or a walk or, you know, there's techniques that I have to get myself back to where I need to be so that the actions I'm taking have a positive outcome. But it's really about, um, you know how you can have two people um, interact with the same person And one person really loves that person and thinks they're the best. And then someone else says, oh, they're the worst. What do you see in them? How can you get along with them, right? It's the same person, but there's two different perspectives. It's because where you are vibrationally is going to determine what you can extract from that person, how how you interact with them. So it's not about the person. It's about you. Every time it's about you. So when you're meeting people and you say, like people complain about their job, oh, everybody in this place is negative. Uh, 
maybe, but maybe you're the one and maybe you've got to shift who you are and allow those same people to show up for you differently. Either they're going to be able to show up for you differently or a way will be made for you to leave that situation. Not you leave it on your own, but something will happen. You get a promotion or maybe they end up getting moved to a different location. Something's going to happen to get you out of each other's space. But if you, if everybody on your job is negative, it's probably you. <laughs> I'm just saying. So that's how I look at new, new interactions. That's awesome. And I, I like that. So you, you basically make sure you recalibrate after the experiences that you have, if you already notice yourself being in a, like a, a funky state, so to speak. That's a perfect word, recalibrate. Yes. And as you go through your day, that would be great to do that recalibration. That's one thing I can say, you know, like um, uh, Muslims, they have the five, t- five times a day prayer. That's a recalibration time, right? The purpose of that five times a day prayer is so that it puts them back into the space of focus on God, Okay that five times. You can do the same thing with your own personal life. Like maybe every few hours, you just take five minutes and you do a quick meditation. Or, you know, like when they say, when you're angry, take 10, just breathe in deeply, you know, 10 times. That's about settling yourself and moving out of anger into where you can be in more control. And so, yes, that recalibration, that's the perfect word. As you go through your day, recalibrate. At night before you go to sleep, set the tone. A lot of people talk about their morning ritual, but they forget about their night ritual. What you do before you go to sleep and what you're focused on before you go to sleep is going to impact how you wake up. That's why sometimes you see people wake up and they just wake up in a bad, you shouldn't be waking up in a bad mood because you're starting fresh. That's your opportunity to start again. So take control of that at night before you go to bed. That's why you don't go to bed angry because you're going to wake up in that same place. But when you wake up, that's your place of power because now you set the tone for your day. That's your first calibration. And as you go through your day, when I say checking in with myself, your word is better I'm recalibrating. I'm intending what this this segment of my day is going to be like. And in doing that, I have to make sure that I'm the best version of myself that I can be going into that segment of my day. I like that. The it's funny because I, I think periodically throughout throughout this year, I, I had those moments or instances where I was like, man, is everybody just having an off day today? Or like, is there something in the <laughs> air? And then like, I started to gather myself a little bit like, maybe it's just me or maybe I'm overthinking this. And for the longest time, like, um, since like they, there's the having to wear a mask or at some point we, we didn't have to wear a mask, but it, it got harder and harder to like read people's emotions when with their face covered up like this. So it's like, and some people, they, they know how to smile with their eyes, but other times I'm like, maybe I'm just inferring a lot on what I think I see versus like what's actually going on. And I'd say as my time was winding down where I, where I was before it, it felt um, 
maybe vin- there's like a vindication almost in a sense to where it's like, I didn't have to press anyone, but at least like being able to wave at somebody, they wave back and like being able to see them like fully express themselves or them just kind of going out of their way. I think someone like paid me a compliment once. They're just like, Hey, like we saw what you were doing and like, you're really like the way that the system that you were doing, because we we would have these team projects and I really enjoyed that working there. And like you have these team projects working at night, putting together um, new projects or like we've got racks that are going in the shelves. So like you got to go through five or six bays or like eight who got to rebuild them, set the product up in there and everything. So it, maybe sometimes you got more space, other times you have less space. So I kept trying to find where I could be most effective. And I saw that, okay, if, if nobody's wanting to talk to each other, I'm not going to like have like a big powwow session or something, but it's like, I, I started moving things around strategically to make sure that they could get to it. We like, okay, as soon as you're ready, like your stuff is right here. Your stuff is right here. Your stuff is right there, right next to you. So all you've got to do is turn around, grab it and fill it. And it's like within the time I was doing that and then taking away the trash to kind of keep the area clean. Um, I guess someone didn't see me where they thought I should be and decided to go tell on me. <laughs> and I thought the guys, they were like paying me a compliment that at the same time, they're looking at like, oh, so-and-so told on you. So in my head, I was thinking, I was like, oh, it's nothing to worry about. But then they kept kind of egging it on a little bit. And it's like, the smart thing would be to leave it alone. But then I was like, oh, I'm going to go defend myself. And then of course that kind of ended up backfiring, but at least getting like being acknowledged within that moment after working with a group for like six, seven months. And they're just like, Hey, like you, you're doing a good job today. And we really appreciate that. Like you, that really stands out. I was like, wow, you guys are really going out of your way to acknowledge me. And just, um, just seeing that as a gratitude. And even like the person that told on me, <laughs> I guess at a later time, it's like, I found a way to work with, the, with him and like, whatever was going on. And a lot of times I would just think to myself, like, okay, maybe he's, he's obviously like just watching us or whatever. But I was thinking like, maybe he's just stressed. Like maybe he just wants to walk the entire store 10 times. Maybe he just has to pace a hundred times. Maybe he's just, I don't know. But at at the end of it, I was just like, it's not up to me to know, like he's got to work out whatever he's got to work out and whatever. But it, it was just, it was just interesting. And, and just, to that, to that effect, like you're saying with the smiling and being able to ask people how they're doing and take a moment to actually like give them a chance to respond. Like people, people notice those small things and they really appreciate it to where, of course, <laughs> for a lot of guys, it's like a lady smiles at you and actually greets you. It's like, oh, wow. Like I, I actually matter. I guess I, I thought I just had to start walking around with a trash bag on my head. I wouldn't think anybody <laughs> would notice the difference. <laughs> and I think that um, a couple things you mentioned, like for one, that goes back to the question you asked about the eyes, you know, looking people in their eyes when we were, you know, masked more, you know, as a nation, you had to rely on the eyes in order to really understand is someone noted did they even acknowledge you like if you spoke because some people don't speak loudly you may not have heard them through their mask and you assume they didn't speak but if you 
actually made eye contact with them, you'd realize that they were acknowledging you. And people do what Tyra Banks calls smize, where you learn how to smile with your eyes. And you can, the thing is, when you're really, um, I guess you can call it tapped in, when you're really in, the, in, your, in your true self and your true knowing, you can sense the other person. So you already know that they felt a warmth toward you or that they were greeting you or whatever. And then back to your point about the person that told on you, that's kind of what I was talking about when I said, depends on where someone else is vibrationally, how they experience you. You were in a positive place because you were in a giving mode. You were like, I'm going to clean up. I'm going to help these people. So you're in a good place, right? But even with you in that place, this person over here didn't see that part of you. He saw that you weren't where he thought you should be. So it doesn't matter who you're being. It matters who their, you know, their experience with you was based on them, not you. And that's that's what you've got to remember. That's what I was saying about, you know, they're not, you can be the same person and two people have a different experience. One is gracious, feeling gratitude because they recognize you put the stuff away. And this other person is like, yeah, but he's not where he's supposed to be even if you were doing something good. So you have to learn to not take it so personally as well when someone reacts to you a certain way because you have to realize they're dealing with their their own relationship with themselves. And you just, your job is to manage your relationship with you. So don't, you have to own the room vibrationally. So not allowing how someone else is perceiving or how they're feeling to determine how you feel or respond or what your vibration is. You have to learn how to own the room with your vibration and not let them bring you down. You go in and you bring them up. That's kind of like, you know how in scripture um, it talks about when you enter a space or when you meet someone, give them your peace. And if they, if they don't receive it, it returns to you. You know, people think, oh, I walk in and I say peace or, you know, they greet people with peace and they think that that's what that means. But no, it's about you being in your peace. And when you're solidly enough in your peace, you can actually impact the room that you come into. So you literally give them your peace and you can help bring that room into balance or whatever, even if it's in chaos, if you're solid enough in who you are and who you're being. Or you can enter the room and let it drag you down. <laughs> it's a matter of, of you know, your skill set. So um, I think that was kind of interesting, that, that example that you gave, because it shows you're, you were the same person, but people experienced you differently. Yeah. I guess some, sometimes it's... <laughs> sometimes it's like you just got to make an excuse to just be like, well, uh, let me walk out. Let me walk in again. It's like, I'll, I'll catch you after your coffee break. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 And then you got to start paying attention to those little nudges. Cause you know how you get, you get those little indications that, ah, oh, you should probably go left. And then you decide to go right anyway. Well, you just got to take responsibility for the fact that you knew you were supposed to go left and you chose to go right. So whatever was over there off to the right, 
you walked into it, it's your own fault because you, you knew to go left. You know, it's, it's like that too, taking those subtle nudges, those subtle hints and actually paying attention to them because God is always providing us with guidance and speaking to us. And we just, you know, we call it something told me that's God's name. Something told me. <laughs> so we call it something told me and we don't listen all the time. You know, like I remember one day I was leaving to go somewhere and I had checked the weather, the app, the weather app. And it's, it said it's supposed to be sunny all day, right? So as I'm leaving out of the house, that something told me, said, grab your umbrella. And, I'm, and I rationalized, well, now I already checked the weather app. It's like full sun, like not even a cloud all day. And I left my umbrella. 30 minutes later, it's raining. And it was like, oh, you got to learn to listen. And that, <laughs> that was really when I was like, okay. I finally was like, okay, I get it. I've got to listen. No matter what the facts look like. I've got to learn how to pay attention and not rationalize the answer away. So, <laughs> yeah. And don't forget you're living in Georgia. So the weather will change on you. It is so sporadic. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's like, <laughs> our weather is crazy. Yeah. Hey, but I'm, I'm enjoying 70, 70 degrees in December on a random day. Even if, if it's 30 tomorrow, I'll be like, Hey, I, I'm going to enjoy all of the 70. Yes. Well, see, here's the thing. I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence. Like I love it because fall is my favorite time of the year. Mm-hmm. And normally leaves would be gone off the trees by now. Like it would just be, you know, twigs all over the place. But because the weather's been a little warmer, the leaves haven't all gone away. So I'm like so happy because I'm like, wow, I can go on my walk, you know, earlier yeah. in the morning because it's warm enough and I've got leaves, the beautiful colors to look at. Mm-hmm. But then the other part of me knows that if we don't get a good freeze, the greens and the and the produce and the the agriculture is going to suffer. Like you have mm-hmm. to get that ground freeze in order to get good produce. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, dang it, man, our food, because I love to eat, our food <laughs> is going to be impacted by this warm weather. We're happy with it, but the ground is not going to produce the way it needs to produce, you know, if we don't get the cold. Yeah. So I'm kind of torn. I never I knew, I never knew that. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. I actually didn't either. I learned that um, I was listening to Bertice Berry one time uh, she was giving us a service at church and she mentioned that when she got in a cab, she commented to the driver, I guess, or she was somewhere. She commented to the person she was with. Wow. It's so exciting. That is warm at this time of the year. And they told her, yeah, but you know, I'm a farm around and this and this and this happens. And she was like, Whoa, I never knew that. So now, Okay, maybe we need to pray for cold. <laughs> yeah, sort of like that. All the food I like to eat will suffer when it's warm like this. So I'm like, okay, maybe maybe I need to be praying for a freeze. But I, I feel like I could do this all day, or I almost want to, but I want to be respectful of your time as well. Um, two questions, maybe three questions I'd like to ask you. What, what's something you're looking forward to in the new year for 2022? Oh, God, that's a lot of stuff. Um, I think one of the main things is starting my youth foundation. So that's on my that's on my list for 2022. 
is to start my youth foundation. So I would say that's probably one of the biggest things. What does the foundation have to do with what you're what you've been teaching, like being able to teach that and pass that on to the youth? Um, yes, definitely, definitely. Um, because I think that a lot of the it's it's basically general personal development as as well as um, nutrition, um, teaching them skills that they can use um, to be entrepreneurs or sustain their family. There's a lot of different things that will be encompassed in the foundation, but it's about making responsible, allowing someone to be a responsible global citizen. And that means how they care for themselves as well as how they care for their community. I like that. Almost reminds me a little bit of like scouts, but past the uh, merit badges and things like that. What what happens yeah. <laughs> afterwards? Like what, what do you get to do and take home a little bit and, and get to use on a regular basis? Yes, yes. And I the thing is with the foundation, um, it's going to deal directly with the youth, but it's also going to have components that assist the families because it, you can teach someone something all day long, but if they go back to the same environment, that whole epigenetics that we talked about, then it's harder for them to implement and, and apply, you know, what they are learning and sometimes even get ridiculed from it. But if you can make it accessible to the people that they have to go back to, then it's more of a family affair um, and it's, it has that exponential benefit. Man, I, I really like that because it, it seems like within this last few years, like a lot of people have gained the benefit of spending time with their families. And then also at the same time, a lot of people have had the time to spend with their families and everybody doesn't have the best environment or like equal environments to come from. But it's like you're saying, making that opportunity available to the people that they're going to be around kind of balances things out a little bit to where it, I guess you could clown me, but you also have access to this thing. So if we're learning how to do this particular thing, like why not the both of us get better doing it rather than just one of us is kind of on this the seesaw, like someone's going up and someone's staying down. It's like, let's we can both go up and down and actually enjoy the activity, enjoy this, this thing rather than it always being like, Oh, someone's up today, tomorrow, I got to cut them down. Then I'm up then they got to come back and cut me down. It's like, you don't, you don't have to, I mean, you can have playful competition. That, that's why they have things like martial arts and things where you like, you're willingly battling someone, but there's an understood agreement that like, we're not trying to kill each other. We're just, we're just right. practicing. And I found um, I've had people to um, hire me for coaching for like their children or, you know, their teenagers or something like that. But I usually will give them something that they need to implement for that's going to impact the family because I already know like the the mom or whoever it is that asked me to talk to their their student or whatever it is they're trying to listen. They're kind of like listening in because they're learning as well and they want to know. And so I, I try to make it a way when I'm working with, or if I'm working with a mom, then I'll say, well, hold, have your kids hold you accountable or something like that. Because I know that what they're doing, kids listen to what you, they pay attention to what you do, not listen to what you say as much, you know? So it's a way to, to strengthen the 
family unit because that I think that's a part of the issue that people have these days is the family unit isn't as solid as it could be. And this is one way to solidify the family unit better. Yeah, I, I definitely, I agree with that a hundred percent. And, and just seeing, just seeing the different efforts that are being made like by yourself and a lot of people that have had the pleasure to be around it and being able to like push it using this platform. Like I'm more than happy to do that because every like, Recently, when I when I'm hearing people say, "Oh, there isn't this," or "No one's doing that," it's like it's all a matter of what you pay attention to and what you're exposed to. Because if if again with what you vibrate to or just what you're going to tune into, it's like there is somebody doing it. There's nothing new under the sun. And like if you're really looking for that thing you say you're looking for, you're you're going to find it. Or you're going to find a way to be able to create it within your own environment. Absolutely. If you're not seeing it and you're looking for it, then it might be your thing. That might be why you're here. That's your your contribution that you're supposed to bring to this giant puzzle that we have, you know. So Yeah. So how how would people be able to get a hold of you either online or offline to get into your youth program when things kind of get going and get rolling? Ooh. Okay. So uh, my social media is kind of like decrepit right now, (laughs) but I am um, at Dr. Pam Howard on all of the platforms, um, mostly Facebook, Instagram, but it's at Dr. Pam Howard, D-R-P-A-M Howard. And then my website is MidtownAtlantaWellness.com, MidtownAtlantaWellness.com. And so they can, I offer a free 15 minute consultation to anyone who wants to work with me. That way we can see if, if I can actually help them. And if not, I can direct them to someone that I know who could. And then also they can sign up for just staying in contact or something like that as well. Awesome. I'll make sure to have that linked when this video comes out. I think it should be mid next year mid 2022 so we'll see how that shakes okay. out but i've been okay, trying very to very good i've been trying to get a jump on everything and just be like i know i'm going to be doing this transition period and i i want to make sure i've got my ducks lined up and really give time and attention to everything or to the 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 things i need to be focused on at that time but, very good i'm very i'm very proud of you i'm very proud of where you are what you're doing your growth you know, that's, I really believe we all came here to expand and evolve. And I see your, I see your growth. So it makes me very proud. Thank you. You're representing the black men. Well, (laughs) thank you. And it's, it's a, it's been a, a, a pleasure to also meet black men along the way and knowing like a different group of black men now from maybe what I grew up around and just, seeing the the positives of it because a lot of people say a lot of things on I'd say that a lot of people have a lot of uninformed opinions but again it just goes back to what you listen to who you're around what you're surrounded by but I know this year has been big and just keeping those tight circles tight and reinforced and just being around people that really build you up and also challenge you at the same time to ask the hard questions of you and not just let you slide by and just be like, oh, you're great. You're gorgeous. You, 
you look amazing. You just, you're just out there. It's like, yeah, you, you can be doing those things, but when you're not like, I'm going to let you know, you're not, I'm not just going to punch you in the mouth, so yes. to speak, but I'll be your cut man in the corner. Make sure you get the welts out, get, get you looking <laughs> right. Let you know if you've got something hanging out from your nose is like, Hey, don't go out looking like that. Like I, yeah. I want you to <laughs> represent yourself well. And in turn, you represent everyone else that looks like you. Yes. 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 One, one last question I'd like to ask you is, are you who you say you are? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Is that related to the first question you asked about who I say I am at the beginning? Or yes. do you mean, am I showing up authentically? Oh, I, I hadn't thought about that because the, <laughs> that's a very great point because I guess in the way that I ask, I say, are you who you say you are? Or I guess the other way I could have asked it is, are, are you still who you said you were? At the beginning of the... Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. Definitely. Gotcha. Yes. Awesome. And I also, we, I also say that we are the same because <laughs> you are that too. Who <laughs> well, I said I am, you are as well. <laughs> yes. I like that. Well, thank you for your time so much. Thank you for just the opportunity to, to catch up and glad to see that you're, you're making strides in what you're doing. And I look forward to staying in touch and staying in contact, either using this or just offline. And keeping you updated. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. <laughs>